Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got somebody very different and very special to talk about something a little bit different today. So I want you to welcome Charlene Bosworth, who is going to talk about the love letter to money for us today. So welcome, Charlene. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn. I can't wait to talk to your listeners. This is going to be a powerful event, not only in my life, but theirs, because I love to give to so many amazing people this permission to write the love letter to money. And how do you think that sort of um, relates to love in general, you know, because I know that off air we've had this conversation, but, you know, you made it very relevant to me how it sort of knits quite nicely into all aspects of our life. When I think about the love letter to money, I think about how all of our relationships start out. You know, there's this romance, this, you know, this feeling um, that everything is possible. And then you get through your relationship and sometimes you find out that it's work. And it's hard work. And sometimes it's not as beautiful and amazing as you thought. So you go through this whimsical feeling to figuring out that this is hard. And then you figure out, you know, there's some things you do right. And there's some things you do wrong. And, you know, relationships are like that. And love is like that. Whether you love your family, your, your coworkers, your dog, love is a feeling that has so many different emotions attached to it, ups, downs, and and all these uh, feelings that are sometimes overwhelming and hard and so this love letter to money really connects to allow us to give ourselves permission to create the relationship we truly want with ourselves with our money and with others I love that description thank you so much for really clearly defining the relationship not only with money but with everything and every aspect of our lives so Charlene how how did you actually get to this stage on your journey? Just give the listeners a bit of background into what's led you to doing what you're doing now. I've been through hurricanes and earthquakes and, you know, living on an island, you know, you become really resourceful, but you also realize your relationships is what helps get you through these hard times. So early on in my life, I learned, you know, from my parents who believed in the spirit of aloha is really the spirit of giving and love and friendship. And so as I built my career around marketing and business, I realized very early on, we're in the people business. And when you're looking for relationships, guys, before you ever, ever sell in a business, you're working with people and your employee, if you're working with your bosses, if you're working in a corporate component of, you know, the company, you're working with people. And so Lynn, I learned early on that our life is about relationships. And I also learned very early on in my career of becoming an entrepreneur that my relationship with money and myself and my personal development was reflecting a lot of times in my business that a lot of struggling why my success was my success and so I really felt like this love letter to money was my opportunity to share with the world how they can improve those relationships around their life and especially around money because it's tied in to the feminine and masculine energy that we all have and so I thought this was really beautiful for me to come on this podcast to share this with your listeners 
because a lot of times money doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, being able to heal those relationships with money doesn't happen. And these are the ways that we can do that. It's been proven time and time again, me helping my clients. So then this is a journey of myself, but also my journey to give back what I've learned. Excellent. Love it. So what, what is the starting point then? You know, when you sort of talk about this love letter to money, what, what is the starting point for people to have to think about when you when you sort of um, explaining the process of doing that? So here's how it starts. We understand what letters are. It's a conversation, one directional a lot of times where we write our feelings down when there's no judgment, when we can let the feelings and emotions go through the words we use. So there's a couple of things I always tell everyone. You have 100% permission to be imperfect while writing this letter. The first thing is you want to name what money is to you, an actual name. Some actually will say, dear money. Some will actually relate it to an experience that they had with money. You know, some people, you know, have gone through bankruptcy. Some people have gone through extreme debt. Some have gone through extreme wealth. And so they write this letter with the understanding, first things first, address what money is. Second thing is you want to write down, I consider the Ho'oponopono, the forgiveness part of the letter. If you're trying to understand why you haven't achieved wealth, maybe some of you are trying to understand, you know, why am I always getting these dead end jobs that I'm not happy with? You want to write that in the letter. You want to say, I don't know what it is about our relationships, but I'm really feeling like I'm not getting what I need. So you start actually starting the conversation like you would with a person. And money is a person. It's a physical, tangible, emotional experience, right? When you think about earning money, it's hard. When you think about spending money, it's hard and easy and it's fun. But you have to remember this emotion that you have is so much part of the relationship you have with money. So you first address money, give it a name. Second, you want to say, you know, what are the things that you're struggling with? What are some of the things that you've been having a hard time with? Next, after you write that part of it, you want to kind of explain, you know, your part of the situation because we're all accountable, guys. We are all accountable to the relationship, whether it's successful or a failure. Our relationship with money is because of our decisions and our choices. Now, here's the rule. Money does not always understand what you want because we're not clearly explaining that either. So that's the fun part of the next part of the letter is explaining what you would hope it to be, what you would think it would be, what you would need it to do to serve you. And this is the part, Lynn, where it's magical, is where you actually get to ask forgiveness for maybe the things you fell short on. You know, a lot of us grow up in homes where scarcity, poor, having to work, you know, having a single mom that raised us, having a family that probably wasn't our own if you're adopted. Those are all parts of our money story. That's all parts of this letter that we're writing. So as you ask for forgiveness and you say, hey, you know what? I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm trying to do this with you. How can we make this work? That's the next part of the letter is you get to put down what you want it to be. Do you want it to be abundant? Do you want it to be flowing? Do you want it to be easy? Do you want to be able to work together? You list all of those things down in the letter as you're writing this because you're having a conversation with mom to set exactly what you want and how you want relationship to work. Just like you do in your relationships with your dog, parents, your children. Guys, this is like what we do naturally, but we get to write it in this love letter to money because we want to love money and we want to have it as a tool in our life to give us what we want, whether it's freedom, vacations, a big home, a boat, experience, paying our medical bills, right? You want to be able to have that relationship with money. And Lynn, this is the part after you are able to ask what you want, this is where you actually get to write the last part of the letter, which is, this is what I want to do for you. Because of the things I've asked you to do, these are the things I'm willing to do for it. 
I'm willing to learn about you money. I'm willing to go to classes. I'm willing to, you know, deal with my debt. I'm willing to get a financial coach. Maybe sometimes it's just permission to earn more because you know, your worth is more than what you're doing right now. So this part of it is where you take the action and control and the power back guys. This is where you finally say, you know what? I'm in charge of this. I am responsible hundred percent, whether money is here or there, or I'm a success or a failure. I'm in order to have that. And of course you close right with a sentiment that says I'm in this together. I'm willing to do the hard work. I'm willing to be a part of this journey. I please, you know, continue to be there for me. And then you close it with that intent and nine out of 10 times guys, allowing yourself to just let all of these emotions and words come out of you. You actually create a space, track the money you want. That's the power of the love letter to money. Wow. So what are the typical, you know, client experiences when, you know, you, you, you're sort of first meeting someone, can you give us a sort of case study of um, where they were at before they did this particular exercise and then what they actually did as part of the exercise and then what they actually created for themselves afterwards? Well, this is beautiful because Lynn, you know, to money is really a vulnerable place. You have to do something really scary, which is admit you're wrong, admit what you're not good at. And when you're used to achieving and when you're, achieve, you're attributing, you know, your success to all the things. And when you finally realize like, this is hard, this letter is really an eye opener for my clients. It's an eye opener because they actually have to admit that maybe they did some things wrong. Maybe they were not good stewards of money. Maybe they didn't pay, you know, their obligations of tithing or, you know, pay their child support. I mean, this gets really vulnerable. So when my clients come to me at a place where when we're trying to fix their marketing, help them grow a business, help them start a business, help them increase their sales, we have to ask the question, why do you think it's not working? And so we had a client who moved from Poland to Arizona, who eventually made it to Pennsylvania. And she said, sure, I've spent hundreds and thousands of dollars on my business, but I cannot figure out why my sales are so bad. I'm doing everything right. And so I said, well, you know, you're probably ready for the love letter to money. And she said, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? I told her to write an apology in the love letter to money to her business. And she said, that's really odd, Charlene. Why would I do that? And she's you know, her culture, her, her, you know, being a single mom, she had a lot of strength. And she said, you know, sure, I've had to do this by myself. No one's ever given me anything. And I said, I love that. And I honor that. But remember, feminine and masculine energy is what attributes to success with money. And you've been so masculine that you're not open to receive money. So I want you to write part of your letter as an apology to your business, that you've worked so hard, that you've pushed it so hard, and that it's at a breaking point that you didn't think that you needed to nurture it and take care of it and actually be thankful for your business. You're so willing to point the finger of why you're not working versus pointing the finger to yourself. And that started to unlock a deep down experience that she never told anyone about. She had a father who had sexually abused her. And so she would use coping mechanisms to soothe that calm. And so she felt like she had to be masculine to protect herself, to prove herself, to show up as this achiever. And so she hid this little girl who was abused and didn't allow her to play, to love life, to be creative. She kind of locked her away. 
and said business is all about making the money and making things happen and being forceful and aggressive versus the gentle communication of feminine energy, which is opening to receive. And so Lynn, she literally from that letter and from that experience, she had a $1,200 sale like 24 hours later. She is now talking to a location that has 185 stores with her product from that one sale. She is actually opening up to trademark her business now. She is opening up other products and services to yoga studios all across the country in Costa Rica because she finally let go of what the pain was. And guys, I'm not saying that there's no pain, right? I get it. We've all had trauma. We've all have been let down. We've all been hurt by someone. And ironically, you wonder, well, Shar, how does it connect to money? It has everything to do to connect with money. Because the energy of I've got to prove myself, my worth is attached to what I produce, I've got to be perfect at everything, repels opportunities, guys. It repels people to work with you because they feel like you're so aggressive. You don't really understand how to work with people. You're in the people business. And if you don't remember that feminine and masculine energy is really the balance of both as you do your sales, as you do your marketing, you're always going to repel your customer. You're pushing away opportunity, guys, when you forget that feminine and masculine energy need to work in harmony. It's not kill one and do the other. You need both. And that's what's the power, Lynn, of this love letter to money, because it's really allowing yourself to be vulnerable and to give permission. And so now what is she experiencing? She gets on these clubhouse rooms with me and she says, Charlene, I always tell people it's because of what you told me. I finally understand how to use my feminine energy. I know how to finally resolve my money issues. I know how to get counseling. I know how to fix these things that are going on in me because I want the life I want. And then that's just one of the stories of someone most recently who wrote the love letter to money. Wow, that's really, really powerful. So what about yourself? How has your relationship changed? What's your personal draw, you know, um, story, Charlene? You know, this is kind of going back to my upbringing. When you are in a Polynesian family, as many of you will you know, the Islanders, the t-shirt off my back, I would, I can give you the last. So I had to write this love letter to money to give myself permission to take something for my, and it goes back to making sure my well is full so that I can give from a place of abundance. Because a lot of times I would just give and give and give. And then I'd say, how come I don't have any? And I had to write this love letter to money. And Lynn, this is a lot of times, you know, for a lot of us who are givers, a lot of us who are culturally uh, train to give, 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 serve, serve, serve. And a lot of us do this naturally in our ability. Even women, we naturally are solving. We're naturally nurturing. We're naturally giving of ourselves. And we end up going, where is it all going? Yes. Right. And this love letter to money allowed me to tell the little Charlene growing up in Hawaii, you can still give, but you also need to give for yourself first before you give out. And that was such a turning point for me, Lynn. I have to tell you, it was a turning point because I finally gave myself permission to ask for the value of my my services and my products and my marketing and my coaching. It gave me permission to help the right kind of clients and stop taking on the wrong ones. It gave me permission to start multiple companies because my heart was in it and I no longer was masculine and trying to get a checklist done. I was literally living by desperation instead of desperation. I was living by my culture and by my religious beliefs and by my intuitiveness versus just kind of living numbly in life, being numb. I didn't want to be numb anymore. So in this letter to, lo- to my, my money 
And, um, and this is a really tender spot for me. It gave me permission to love that part of me because I hated that part of me that I was always giving, giving, giving. And I was the tiredest one in the room. I was the one always left with, you know, nothing in my hands, but I gave her permission to be okay with that part of her that now I would, I would have boundaries in place. I would allow myself to give permission to enjoy the things in life that I would just, I always said, no, I can be last on the table to serve. I can always be last in the room to receive, but now I use both. I use my feminine and my masculine energy and helping my clients grow in their businesses. I help myself grow. I help mentor, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs in that. And it had to happen to me first before I could coach it out. Does that make sense, Lynn? I had to coach it out from an experience of empathy and love. And I think that's what the key thing is these days. I think rather than, you know, academic qualifications, I think people are looking for people that have that past experience that they're looking for, that have already created the solution in their lives that they're looking for. Uh, And you're the very sort of person that can empathize with people that, um, you know, have previously had that poor relationship with money to now overcoming that and being the solution of, right this is how I did it and the same for me around relationships you know without having been through it from an experiential point of view I now wouldn't be in a position to empathize and be able to you know um, train others and uh, offer guidance and advice. Lynn you know what's beautiful about that is that this is not taught a lot of times you know I realized my parents weren't taught this they grew up through the great depression they you know were really resourceful they had money in the mattress they buried cash in the, in the acre lot we had. Um, my grandparents, you know, helped build churches, helped build, you know, families and help people out. And so I didn't want to lose that part of me. That's the, that's the best part of me. But I, I didn't know how to do that and be a business owner. I didn't know how to do that and be an entrepreneur. I didn't know how to do that and stay true to who I was. Because I always felt guilty to ask for the sale. I felt guilty to ask to be paid my worth because I spent the time and education and experience. And so I think a lot of times, you know, our upbringing, they weren't trained this way. This wasn't something they talked about school even. And so I use this marketing for businesses and, and entrepreneurs because I want to give them permission to have the best life possible and have everything they want. And that's not usually the case. Sometimes we never give ourselves permission to have everything we want, but this love letter to money allows us to do that. So would you say that was one of the key components that you actually get in, in when, you know, when you're thinking about how you structure your love, love letter to money is, you know, what you're going to give yourself permission for now? So this is fine because when I created um, my vision board for 2021, obviously all of us know, you know, the pandemic was an experience of a lifetime, but we grew and we thrived in 2020, doubled our revenue increased our customers, increased our prices, and we still have people just knocking at our door. But Lynn, to really answer that question, it comes from a place of the servant attitude where the real secret of selling is serving. It allows me to serve more with a deep intent to really help those who really want to solve their problems. So when you think about what are the winning components of the love letter, I don't want you to write it just because you heard this podcast. I want you to write this because you want change in your life. I want you to write this because you want to admit to the world and to yourself that you don't know everything. I want you to admit to yourself that 
there is a little boy or a little girl who wants the world, who wants everything in the world, and that, that you can dream again, and that you have a life that is worth it. I want the little boy who you've locked away because life is hard, and you're suffering, and things are terrible, and maybe you've seen heartache. I want them to come out of that room that they're locked in and have permission to give you a hug and just say, and we're going to get through this together. And I don't want you to ever forget about that little girl or little boy because that person dreams. So give yourself permission to have it all. And then that's what I would say to everyone listening on your podcast is you can have it all. The only person standing in the way is you. Yeah. And and it's not a case of pointing the finger of blame at the end of the day, you know, we've all made these mistakes. We're not, like you say, educated around this stuff at school, are we, or by our parents. So it's not a case of uh, beating yourself up because you didn't know this already. You know, these are life lessons that we've all had to learn the hard way. A lot of us, haven't we? Yes, yes, yes. I love it. So, And Lynn, you know what's so awesome about what you do is you love them. I can feel the genuine love you have for people. In the experiences we've had together, I just know you love them so much and that your love to do this work is because you want people to have hope and you want them to succeed in their life when it comes to love. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It is about, like you say, changing your mindset around, you know, you're not selling to people, you're serving people and and who, who, you know, who are you not to give people that gift? You know, there are people out there that are desperately wanting that service and that guidance. Yes. So I always say, you know, don't, you know, have a good relationship with money myself. But, you know, I know people that haven't. And sometimes they think, you know, that money, because I've been brought up with, you know, the, the belief that money is the root of all evil and uh, no, no good comes of money or they've, they've lived in that positive poverty mindset because um there was always told as a child that money doesn't grow on trees and things like that that um you know sometimes we can you know almost make it shameful to to want to create an abundant life for ourselves financially and it isn't just about not certainly not for me anyway about having you know more stuff or material things for me my relationship with money and creating wealth is, is around, you know, being able to contribute back more, you know, and making a difference. Yes. And Lynn, that's what I love what you said. And let me just make sure that the listeners heard this. It's about doing more for everyone. You want to be able to serve. So when you have the money freedom to dictate your time and your effort and give, that's the whole purpose of having money as a tool in your life. You're using it as a tool. All of us use it as a tool. And so when we can disconnect our idea that our worth and our money are the same, it's false. Our worth has nothing to do with how much money you earn. Your worth is always intact. You are an amazing human being. You are able to things. It has nothing to do with your bank account. You use money as a tool to carry out those passions and those missions and those uh, goals in life, but it never changes your worth. And that's the permission that the love letter to money gives people in. Yeah. And just think of money as a, an energy. You know, it is, it is just energy. It isn't good. It isn't bad. It's just an energy exchange, isn't it? Yes, it is. It really is. So, uh, you know, I, I feel that's a, a good thing to reinforce that, you know, don't look at money or anything actually as being good or bad. It, you know, whatever anything is in life, it's just a neutral thing. It's only, you know, our mind that tends to put 
something attached to that so you know if we talk about money for example people will naturally think oh that's good or that's bad but you know it isn't it isn't either it's just money a source of energy exchange and that's all it is you don't need to label it as being good or bad yes and then you know this is this is something that you know has happened as my client cycles we have you know yearly programs we've got you know a six-month program but this is something about the love letter this love letter can be written multiple times throughout your entire because certain things will come up and trigger some. Let's say you lose a job. Let's say your bills. You can write that letter again because it's going to trigger another thought, another idea, an experience that was buried in your emotion. So guys, this love letter to money can happen numerous times in your entire career, in your life, even for your children. You might even say, that's why I love letter to money and see what your children say. Mom says, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You know what? You've got to earn everything you have. Do you think we're rich? That might come up and trigger something in you. So guess what, guys? This money is going to be an ongoing life experience. It's not just for right now. It's just to bring awareness to why maybe you're struggling with money. Maybe why you're struggling with opportunities and relationships. So Lynn, that's, that's the gift about this love letter to money. Once you learn it and understand it, it's going to evolve in your life. I love that. And I also, it just reminded me of, um, I think, I can't remember a name to be fair, but there's a female billionaire who I think invented spandex or did spandex type clothes. And one of her stories from her childhood was that she had a very good mentor in her father in that they were always encouraged at the dinner table to talk about their mistakes or, you know, any form of perceived rejection that they'd had that day. And then the father would say, well, what did you learn from that rejection? What did you learn from that mistake? So from that point of view, they never grew up thinking that making a mistake or feeling rejected uh, or, or experiencing a failure was a negative thing because of what they learned from that, you know, being able to talk about it with the father. Yes, yes, yes. I can definitely see that. So uh, I think- You know, that- Lynn, I think a lot of times- Sorry. Lynn, I think one of the most important things is that, you know, our parents didn't know our family members, even sometimes, you know, our professors in college, they don't know, you know, so you have to be able to realize that everyone has their own money story. And this is just an opportunity for them to write their love letter to it and be able to forgive them. Yes, absolutely. What they didn't know, you know. I think it's important to realize that everybody's doing the best they can with their own knowledge, awareness, and resources at any one moment in time, you know, and like you say, forgive people for not being able <laughs> to give you what you perhaps expected, you know, from a particular parent and it didn't happen, you know, sometimes it's just down to their own previous parenting experiences as children themselves, isn't it? Yes, very much so. And, and it's really a gift, you know, I had I had the opportunity to be a single mom for a long time. And I learned that I took on, you know, the father role, the mother role. I took on the responsibility hundred percent. And I had to unlearn some of those habits when I was trying to grow my business and to grow uh, my clients because I needed to unlearn some of those habits. And sometimes that's what it is, guys. It's habits that we didn't know we formed. It was just because of instinct. We had to become aggressive and we had to become, you know, that single, single income earner. Like we had to do those things in hard times, but we have to also 
learn how to undo those habits because they're not hurting us, but they could be not helping us either. So you're not getting what you want because of the habits we have. Absolutely. hundred percent agree with that. So when you uh, do this process of the love letter to money, Charlene, what, what key things can we summarize at the end here for, you know, important to remember to put in that letter? Well, first you want to give it a name, guys. When you write this love letter, give it a name. Two, you know, acknowledge what you did wrong. What mistakes have happened? What's going on? What's your struggle right now? Three, claim, you know, claim what you want. Claim the things that you want in life with money, what that relationship looks like. Fourth, commit to the actions that you're going to take. What are those actions that you're committed to do? What's your commitment? What's that look like? What are you going to do to help improve this relationship with money? And give your entire heart into it. Because you can tell when you're doing something just from your head. But the second you go into your heart is where you actually get to learn and forgive and let go some of those hard feelings you have with money. And of course, at the end, close it, you know, and say, I'm here, love, you know, love with your name, close it, because that's a way to then start. When you end the letter, that's the starting point for you to take action and what you're going to do with that relationship with money. And it's really easy, Lynn, you know, because it's something you can, you can do numerous times in your life and career. You can teach this to your children, but it's so powerful when you can do it first and really see it change your life. So is it important to then, once you've done, done the process and done your letter and, you, and you're happy with it, is it important to ever reread it or is it, is it just a case then just let it go? Well, what I do for the clients is I actually tell them to keep it. And then when they have another chance to see, let's say something else comes up in their business and they're like, oh, I got to write a love letter. What's going on? They actually can take out the old letter and see how much they've grown. Sometimes it's a tool to see how far you've come along, guys. But also, too, and Lynn, this is something that I always say. Once you're done with that letter and you feel like you've progressed, you can actually throw it away. Some people will actually uh, put it into a fire pit and they'll let that go. But remember, when you put it on, the, on, on paper, guys, you're actually giving permission for it to leave you. You're actually giving it permission to leave that negative energy on paper. So you, you put it away and you don't, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Because a lot of times we worry about it. We try to control it. We try to hold on to it. Just remember you're releasing it with that letter. You're letting it go. Love it. So on that note, Charlene, what is the best contact information for our audience members to get hold of you by if they want to follow up and find more information about this? Oh, then this is the fun part, guys. I am so excited to meet each one of you. I have so many friends across, across the country and around the world because I just love people. So please reach out to me. Uh, you can reach me on Clubhouse at Char Bosworth. Uh, that's my handle. You also can visit me on Instagram, Celebrate Your Aloha. I, I love the feeling of aloha. I think people just feel connected to it because of the feeling of, you know, that we're one and that we're connected. And of course, you know, being on your podcast, Lynn, I, I want them to, to come and reach out to you. If you, if they come to you, I'd love to connect with them. Um, Lynn, you are amazing. This podcast has been amazing. Thank you for letting me do this and serve so many people. 
You're very welcome, Charlene. I've actually learned something myself, <laughs> phenomenal, from listening to you. And I'm certainly going to have a go at doing that process for myself as well. Um, I'm really inspired to, to put pen to paper and, and do it because I've never, I've done um, love letters around relationships, but I've never done it around money. So I'm going to have a go at that for myself. Well, I'm honored. I'm honored, Lynn. Uh, you know, when, when people say, you know, Char, why do you do this? Is because I want people to be empowered. To, to change their life and they can do it so well. So thank you, Lynn, so much. Thank you. I'm honored that you will write this love letter to money. Thank you. You're very welcome. So on that note, uh, just know that uh, Charlene's other contact information will be in the show notes as per usual. And I just want to leave you with, remember true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.